Welcome to Season 2 of Between Two Blue Devils. I'm Mark Horner, your host, and this is a podcast featuring teachers, administrators, alumni, and community members of the beautiful city of Talmadge, Ohio. This podcast is about stories, their stories, the stories of people who love kids, love their city, and love the pursuit of education. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to share the podcast with a friend, tweet it out, post it on Facebook, snap it out, be sure to leave a review. And now without further ado, I bring you season two. Kick back, grab a cup of coffee from Crimson Cup, and enjoy getting to know some of the amazing people who love Talmadge and love our kids. Welcome back to another very special episode of Between Two Blue Devils. Uh, thanks for all of you that tuned in to our first episode of 2021 and checked out an incredible interview with our new superintendent, Mr. Steve Wood. Uh, it is getting lots of uh, play, lots of downloads. Please make sure that you reshare that one out there. People need to hear his vision and need to hear about what he calls his good day culture which is something that really excites me. And speaking of a good day culture, uh, I have with me two very special guests who each and every day in every building in this district, they bring that concept, that mindset into the building, this good day culture. They want students and staff members to have a good day here at Talmadge City Schools. If you would, since we are live for the first time in a long time, give a very warm welcome to our guests, Officer Quillen and Officer Dornack. Guys, this interview is long overdue. I know I kept telling you that I wanted to get you in here and get you in here and get you in here to talk to you. And, and I, I'm going to be honest, I've known, Dave, I've known you for a long time. Right. Mike D, I'm getting to know you yes. even more. Uh, and I, I, I just have such respect and admiration for both of you and what you do on a daily basis in this building. And it's a unique situation. It's a special situation. It's one, you occupy a position that seems to be, um, it's not in every school, but more schools are heading that direction. So if you could do me a favor and just introduce yourself again and tell us what is your role here in Talmadge City Schools. Okay, I'm uh, Dave Quillen. I am Talmadge's first school resource officer. I'm in my fifth year here inside the schools, but it's my 15th year as an officer. Um, inside the schools, my first uh, priority is to build relationships. Um, with students and staff, uh, and beyond that, it's going to be uh, informational, it's going to be protection, it's going to be security measures, stuff like that, but first and foremost is always going to be about relationship building. Very nice. And Mike? Yes, um, Mike Dornack. Uh, I've been with the City of Talmadge over uh, 19 years. Um, this is going to be my first year at the high school, assigned to the high school. Um, hope to learn as much as I can from Quillen. He's doing an awesome job. Um, again, like he said, be here for the teachers, build a relationship with the students, um, be here to provide um, a safe environment, a learning environment for the students, and um, just be here for uh, uh, support for the teachers and, and, and do what I can to provide that safe learning environment for the students. And, and you know, like, like I said, learn from what, what I can from Dave and, and be a, a good role model for, this, for the uh, students. 
that's all, there's lots to be learned from Officer Quillen, right? So oh, are you going to be? Uh, absolutely. Well, I don't want to go the Jedi Knight route just yet. <laughs> we'll, get we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get yes. there. But so, so Dave, you said you've been in law enforcement for 15 years, and Mike, you've been 19 years. Dave, ha, where have you been? In, has all, have you been in Talmadge all 15 years? Yes. So yeah. you've been in Talmadge all 15 years, and you've been in Talmadge all 19 years. Yes. Wow. So uh, that's uh that's pretty amazing. That's quite a testimony to our, our police department. It is. So what what would you say in the department itself? Are most guys once they come there and they get hired at, at our police department, do they stay or how? In in police culture, I think you'll find um, younger officers may try out a few different departments as they go. But the hiring process uh, for the state of Ohio, um, for anything bigger than a village, is, is quite extensive. There's a lot of hoops you have to jump through and, and hurdles you have to, to go over um, to get hired. So once you've done that and you're in a place, uh, if it's a good spot, you stay there. Uh, once you get to a certain age, uh, you kind of get ruled out. You, they have age limits where you age can get hired at. So, when I hit 35, like I knew that kind of cut off the majority of any other department okay. um, in the area, at least. But and Talmadge is a great community to mm -hmm. stay and, and work, and we have a great department, and it's it's a good place to be and stay. Yeah, I was wondering about that. You know, if there was an age limit, like in, in teaching, you know, usually once you get to about year 10, uh, if you do leave your your school, you're usually taking a pay cut. You know, about 10 years in, that's when you know. So when we talk to new teachers, we're like, listen, you better make sure that you're in a school and around a culture that you know that you'll enjoy, under leadership that you know that will help you flourish uh, before you get to that 10-year mark. Because once you're there, you're pretty much, unless you get into administration or you go, you know, into higher administration, then you're, you're really not going anywhere. So that's, that's cool that, that you guys have been there for so long and you've seen so many changes in the community. Uh, what what made you guys want to get into law enforcement? Um, job's exciting. Um, um, the mobility of the job. Um, you're not stuck in one spot all day all day long. Um, helping people. Um, that's what drew, drew me to this this career. Um, sometimes people just get into a spot that they just can't get out of and. Being able to help a person out of something that they can't get themselves out of is rewarding. Sure. Um, I wasn't always, I haven't always been a police officer. Um, I hmm. started, I have a degree in biology. Really? Um, I was a banker, I was a manager at Chi Chi's. Hmm. I did a few things. Chi Chi's so, up by Chapel Hill? I was a bartender up there. <laughs> I was a bartender, server, and trainer up there. Uh, I was actually, right after I got married, I was the manager of the, the Chi Chi's in um, Mentor. Okay. So I was driving from Akron to Mentor every day. Wow. So we've got biology, burritos, banking, and bad guys. <laughs> the, uh, four bit, the four Bs. The four Bs. The four Bs of Officer Quillen. <laughs> so underlying, though, I'd, I'd always done some volunteer work with some drug prevention. I was very active in my youth group at church. Helping people has always been the common denominator in what I wanted to do. Okay. Even at the bank. Uh, I was a mortgage originator for a while. And being able to save people money or, or stop their house from being repossessed. Yeah. Um, was always important to me. So being able to help people, like Mike said, is first and foremost what I wanted to do and right. why I'm here. Wow. So when you, um, when you were 
in the banking business. Were you married at that time? Yeah. All right. So what was that conversation like? Well, first of all, tell us tell us a little bit about your family, and then I'm going to come back to that question. Okay. So this year in June, I'll be married for 20 years. Um, I dated Heather all through high school. Um, she's a year younger than me and went to a different school. Um, is that why you were able to keep that relationship going? She wasn't there at the school to Yeah, she probably wouldn't have put the, up with me if, <laughs> if she went to school with me. Um, but she went to my, I, I mean, I went to Mogador. I grew up in Mogador. I live in Mogador now. Uh, she went to Field, which at the time was okay. a big rival, yeah. which was fun. Um, but we dated all through high school. She worked with me at Chi Chi's. Um, I've got two kids. Um, I've got a, an eighth grader and a fourth grader at Mogador, and they're fun and very unique individual kids. And every day is something new with one of them. So. Oh, eighth and fourth. So you're. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that's a lot of adventure right there. Absolutely, boys and phones and all that fun stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I know it's kind of a, a like a delayed response there, but then I drifted back to the bus ride home with my eighth grade boys last night. And yeah, I'm like, all right, boys, what's going on with your phones right now? Why, you know, these goofy pictures and then, you know, all these video, all this stuff. I'm like, oh boy, phones. Mm -hmm. Mike, how about you? What's the, who's the team behind Mike D? Uh, Amy, we've been married 11 years. Uh, we have a nine-year-old son, little Mike D. Um, so yeah, um, been together, like I said, 11 years. Okay. So yeah. Where did you guys meet your spouses at? Um, Amy met her at a, uh, a, a, a guy I worked with Midnight's, um, his wife, her, they were friends, and uh, they, she introduced us at a 4th um, of July party okay. many years ago. And, and uh, there must have been fireworks then. Fire, fireworks, <laughs> man. So, Fourth of July. But I, I don't even yes. get a laughter from yeah, our live audience. I, I thought it. that was that pretty, was good. pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you can yes. laugh at the fireworks, bad dad jokes. Fourth of July. So, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Katy Perry playing in the background. Yeah. Yeah, so. Nice. Yes. Uh, yes. So what yeah. did you do? Did you you saw you were introduced, and then what was that first conversation like? Um, it was just uh, just kind of hit it off, you know, and and it. it not, not too much, you know, it's just, it just hit it off. You just, know? It just yes. evolved, right? Yeah, yeah. She didn't make you work for it. You just had to, you just said, hey, you want to do something? So and, uh, you know, through the head and now, sup? You know, yeah. that's about it. You know, that's how, you it. how you doing? Yeah. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, the Mike D <laughs> swagger right yes. there. Nice, yes. nice. And she was hooked, yeah. <laughs> All right, when's your book come out? Yeah. <laughs> so, One page. What? Sup? <laughs> call that a dating hack right there. The yes. head nod. What's up? Nice. <laughs> Officer Quillen, how about you? How did you meet your, you said you dated all through high school? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I was, I was heading into my sophomore year. She was going to be a freshman. Um, we met at the Billy Graham crusade. Oh, really? Yeah. DC talk. DC all that. talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was there. She up was there uh, at the, uh, up there at the uh, ball field in yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Heather was friends with my sister. We were going to the chapel at the time. Okay. And so, uh, she was friends with my sister and we were all up there, and Heather started hanging out at my house. I'm like, oh, she's kind of cute. So I what, took off from there. What year did you graduate high school? Can 90, I? 97. 90, okay, so yeah, you're you're seven years young. So I graduated 90 because I was at the Billy Graham Crusade, but we went to the chapel, and I was part of, part of the youth group there and all that, but we were just far enough separated that we wouldn't sure, have. Sure, we would have overlapped. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so what was it like? So you met her at the Billy Graham Crusade? Yeah, I'm sure on the bus up there or on whatever. On the bus ride yeah. up there. And 
you started talking to her and mm -hmm. what what would you say has been the um the most interesting thing about marriage for the two of you or the life lesson about marriage that you would pass on to our class here well for for my wife and i it was it's just our second marriage yeah um so um just uh honesty openness yeah um, work together um keeping that open line of communication yeah, yeah communication so very yeah. good don't worry my honey i'm gonna work on that uh, yes. This is where you guys are. This is the intervention for me. You know, I ask all these questions so that I can uh, become a better husband. Yeah. <laughs> so communication. Communication is yeah. key. Yeah, for sure. Communication is definitely important. Um, forgiveness is huge. Yeah. Um, working together and, and making sure that you know that you're a team. Yeah. I think is very important. Got to have a good team behind you, especially with what you guys do. You know, when you when you come home from a, a day where you are helping people. And it's as stressful and as you know anxiety-ridden as it is. You got to have you got to have a support system at, at home. Dave, tell me what what was your conversation like with Heather when you decided to get into law enforcement? I mean, that's a big jump from banking to to law enforcement. Sure. Um, I was in the middle of a process at the bank to get promoted to a, to a branch manager. I'd, I'd started in mortgage. Uh, mortgage was great. Uh, I, I was getting. 40 to 50 phone calls a day at times. Like, it, it was amazing. I, I'd work from six in the morning till 10 at night and just putting loans in and you couldn't hold them back. I mean, hmm. it was great. The, the banking industry changed a little bit. The, the loan, uh, the mortgage industry changed and I switched over to retail banking. Um, was an assistant manager at a branch, downtown Akron, and then I took the branch over in Kent as I'm considering making a jump to, to law enforcement. Oh, wow. Um, I grew up in a law enforcement family. My dad was uh, an officer in Mogador. Um, was the chief, he retired as the chief in Mogador. Um, so Heather, because we had dated so long, she in high school she saw what that was like. She knew what a law enforcement family okay. looked like. It's a little bit different than than other other situations. Um, so when it was time, I got a phone call from my dad, who'd been retired for a year or so, and said, "Hey, Tom, was just given a test. You should take it." Well, I'm kind of kicking it around. I, I liked working in the bank. I liked helping people, but I was a little bit stir crazy in there, sitting behind a desk every day. Mm. I took the, I, I talked to Heather about it, and she was on board with it. She said, "If that's what you want to do, if you think you can help people, like let's do it." Mm -hmm. um, she knew, you know, you're going to work holidays. Uh, the first probably ten years I worked, I think every Christmas I I was in, every Easter, every Thanksgiving. Um, my first Thanksgiving, we'll get to, I'm sure at some point that was. That was a very interesting <laughs> work experience. Yeah, um, but she was very supportive of it and, and always has been. That's awesome. I mean, I, I, when I think, yeah, as you, I didn't even know that, that you were had been a banker before that. And I'm thinking about the decision-making process from going from banking where, uh, you know, there's maybe a 1% physical risk to a profession where there's high risk sure and you're you're putting your life on the line every single day and I just can't imagine what that the, the, I mean you have to have a spouse who really you know that you've communicated your vision and your purpose well to and they are fully supportive of it uh, how, do, how do you guys let, let's talk I know I know the SRO officer the position is a little bit different than when you're on the road and I know when you guys are on when we're on break you guys are back on the road yes okay so um, let's take the SRO part out of it for now and let's just talk about when you guys were on the road. 
How do you handle like kind of the day-to-day -day adversity or the day-to-day -day challenges? Do you have like um, like a like a method in place, or how do you decompress from a day where you are literally risking your life to keep us safe? Um, I think just you know you just go home, you you just like work out and you do stuff at you know your yard work and, and your time with your family and, uh, and um, um, uh, you know, like I said, like yard work and, and you just time for yourself and things like that and, and you just separate yourself from here, from your job and, and, and you just, um, just create time for yourself mm -hmm. and, and your family and things like that. And, 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 um, Was it difficult, Mike, for you at the beginning to be a, to separate the two? It, yes, it is yeah. because sometimes you, you you can't take this home with you. You have, but sometimes you do because you you think about stuff that happened during the day, and, and sometimes it's hard to separate that. Yeah. But you have to teach yourself to to do that. Yeah, and you can't go home and sit sit on the couch and, and think about what happened during the day. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because some of the stuff that you see and deal with is you can't. You, you can't stop thinking about it, but. Yeah, yeah, and you know, when you're in the business of, you know, you got into this to help people, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of how it is even in here, you know, where, you know, you see a student, your heart breaks for a student, but then you go home and you just can't stop thinking about it. Because then you think, man, could I have done something yeah. different? Yeah. And, or is there something I could have done better? Yeah. But. We learned early on that second guessing yourself after the fact doesn't, doesn't do any good. Yeah. Um, that that's dangerous for us because yeah. then when that's if, if there's a dangerous situation that presents itself again and now you're second guessing it, it we've got to make split second decisions hmm. um, that's really important I think um, it's hard to not take stuff home at times um, I, I just got done saying we've got to have good teamwork and great communication <laughs> yeah. but I know that I can't go home and tell Heather everything that happens in a day at work she's wired very differently than I am and she's a very caring and nurturing individual not to say that I'm not but I, I might be able to hold up to a little bit more than, than she does and so anytime I've ever talked to her about something going on or something that's bothering me at work like I I can see that it bothers her as well and I don't want to do that well sure so and, and I think you know in whatever profession you're in especially when you're dealing with people you you have to build up somewhat of a callus Right, you have you have to be. Yeah, that's your defense mechanism. You just you just got to surround yourself to protect yourself because you're right, uh, and especially with what you guys do. If you second guess yourself, that moment, that quarter of a second, is all the difference in the world, right? And so um, you have to build that up. I, I'm reminded of something I read recently. Uh, one of my favorite authors, Mark Batterson, put it this way, but it's a great concept. You know, when you you don't want to second guess yourself, you just bury the dead yesterdays. That's what you have to do. You just gotta, and you know, last night on the way home from our game, I was sitting there just thinking about coaching decisions. I'm like, no, bury the dead yesterdays. Okay? It's gone. You learn, and then you move on, and you become a better version of yourself. And uh, and then you just kind of release that. So, um, so what do you guys think of being SRO? Uh, you know, our, our SO, SRO officers. I feel like that's redundant. Right, SRO officer, O officers, school resource officer. Yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. SROs, SROs, SROs. <laughs> it's got to be a weird year for Mike. 
with the coronavirus and the COVID changes and everything yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Welcome like, to education. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I, I had four years in doing this and, um, Officer Orstein decided to go back to the road. They put it out. I'm like, Mike, this is what you want to do. And all this coronavirus stuff hits. And I'm telling Mike all along, you got this great office. You can have the high school. The high school kids are great. You're going to see them every day. Okay, first of all, he got bumped out of his office because of how we had to restructure everything. <laughs> and then he doesn't even get to see you guys. Even when you're here, you've got your masks up. And it, so it's got to be weird for Mike. Um, it's weird for me, I know. Like at the K-8 campus you still have most of the kids there every day at least in elementary school but it's so weird that this year it is what do you think yeah i it is yeah i mean you're right it is weird i just feel like i'm not really doing much right now so hopefully next year once hopefully this gets under control and um you know maybe start things change a little more i'll be a little more interactive and you know get a better handle on it and but it, it, the hybrid schedule it, it's up here, it's it's unique. It's been difficult for me as a teacher, sure. you know, trying to build momentum, trying to get things, get a pattern going. Uh, and, you know, we're all over, even we were even talking about things that we're all learning still about some of the apps that we're using and websites we're using and what's being locked and just, just trying to, you know, try to try to improve. But you know what? I mean, when we're done with this, Think about how much we have learned about ourselves and about education and about being a, a you know school resource officer. All these things that we're going to be able to to use to our advantage when when we come out of the pandemic. Uh, what what would you say? And I know we're pulling on just a short amount of experience, but what what's been the most exciting thing about being an SRO? What do you love the most about it? And I know you have four years of experience to pull on, and yours is a little bit different, but. What do I like the most? Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I had said it before, the relationship building, that's what I'm here for. Um, I, I think looking back, some of the coolest experiences I've had is after kids have graduated or they've moved on or moved away, and I'll get um, a message in my inbox on Twitter or my school email with a, a question. Yeah. Um, students that I didn't necessarily know that I made any impact with and, and, you know, hey, I have a question about law enforcement. Can I ask you because I trust you as an officer? Um, I think that has been some of the coolest experiences I've had so far. Mm -hmm. um, the day-to-day -day stuff is great. Being able to interact and, and some of the wacky stuff you get roped into to doing is kind of cool. Mike, wait till you get your first pie in the face <laughs> when I'm allowed to do that again. When we're allowed to have assemblies. <laughs> right. Um, but definitely you know seeing that you've that I've made an impact that, that we're able to make an impact and connection with kids I think is good yeah and you know that's one of the things and Mike I would encourage you with this I, I know it's been a weird year but just your presence and the way that the two of you handle yourself to your point people are always watching right and our kids feel safe and secure because you're here and I love that you know they're you're gonna start getting those emails and those you know direct messages where they're gonna ask you your advice because you're here, you're always present, and kids see you, you're highly visible. And that's, that's a key component to leadership, being out and being amongst the, the kids and, and the staff and being visible. And, and it's having an impact. I mean, it does. Just, just I mean, I, I know I speak on behalf of our audience. When I walk in and I see you guys around, it just relieves just a, a little bit more anxiety and it frees me up to do what I need to do, you know? And so I appreciate that so much about 
about what you guys do. You, I mean, you're like the, the, the Twitter king here. I mean, you like take pictures. How many of you in the audience have had a picture with Officer Quillen? I wasn't even on Twitter until Quillen. <laughs> I, I might take on. a selfie or yes. two on people's phone when they leave them. When they leave around. them around. It happens. <laughs> so we see pictures. We see your selfies. We see uh, you uh, dressed up as unique characters. Why don't you tell us about one of your favorite hobbies outside of being uh, an SRO? SRO. I will claim that I'm a huge nerd, okay? Um, I have <laughs> One of our audience members has given you the fist bump. I, I have always been a huge Star Wars fan. Um, when I talked about before or why, I was, why I'm an officer now, I've always done volunteer work. Um, becoming an officer um, really cut off the ability um, to do a lot of the volunteer work I was doing prior to being an officer because of the way the shift work is. Um, as a young officer, you're always working weekends. You're always um, working holidays. And I couldn't go to a drug prevention camp because I couldn't get three days off in a row at the beginning. It would be very difficult to mm -hmm. do. Uh, but I've always been a big Star Wars fan. I went to a game convention. I saw a guy dressed up as a stormtrooper, and I said, I want to do that. And um, there's groups all over uh, that I'm a part of now <laughs> that... You say that with that look, you're like, oh, okay. well, be proud. It's been, I am. You're I'm very a, yeah. proud. I'm very proud. So, like, since 2009, I've, I've been into costuming. I do some Star Wars costuming for several volunteer charity groups that are internationally recognized by Lucasfilm and the big really. And, yeah. Wow. Um, I, I was king nerd for a while. Uh, I, the one group I was in charge of, like the problems any of the clubs had over like 12 states. It was a huge headache, but I worked midnights at the time, yeah. so that was fun. Uh, you wouldn't believe some of the drama that comes in with people <laughs> dressing up like action figures. Should we do a compare and contrast between that drama and what you see as a police officer? <laughs> it, it, uh, you know what? There's going to be a lot of parallels. Um, but we do, I, I mean, I, I'm a huge, I've always been a big Boba Fett fan. Yeah. So uh, there was a book series by Karen Travis um, called Republic Commando that talks about specialized clone troopers and like develops this whole Mandalorian culture yeah. before Mandalorian mouse. was cool, yeah. right? Before Disney bought uh, Star Wars. Um, so like my first costume I knew had to be Republic Commando. I ordered it in like 2008. It took a year to arrive. I think it sat in a box for a year because I was so afraid to touch it that I'd ruin it. It's made out of ABS plastic. Wow. Um, in the meantime, I meet these guys down in Columbus. One of them's an insurance adjuster that makes metal armor out of like car hoods and stuff because he knows where all the cars have been wrecked and where the junkyards are. Okay. So his side gig was to, to make metal armor. So I have a full metal Mandalorian that I, that I wear from time to time and we do all sorts of fun events with it. Um, I've been to hospitals. Uh, we do lots of reading initiatives at libraries, um, charity fundraiser type stuff. I've, we've used it at the police department. We've had our guys show up. Uh, we collaborate and um, we would do food drives. So when we did Giant Eagle and Acme food drives, the Cruiser events, there was a couple years that we would have, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 Star Wars characters show up or superheroes show up to uh, be in costume. And that is cool. It, it's a way to bring it all together. And we've got my wife and kids involved. And I'd say the majority of my friends outside of work do it. And even some of my work friends do it. 
Have you brought some of your work friends? Is that through your influence? You've got them yes. into this this hobby. Yes. You want to? You probably don't want to share any of their names, do you? Is well, Mike D. What is Mike? Is Mike? Are you Darth Vader? Mike D. Is way too cool for that. <laughs> he would. You know what? Oh, I you're think, getting called out on the podcast. I think Mike. I think Mike would do it. I think Mike would do it. I could put him in a costume. He'd do it. Detective Fairhurst would be really upset if I said that he dresses up as a stormtrooper sometimes. And so I you know won't what? Do that. And we will not mention that Detective Fairhurst dresses up as a stormtrooper. Right. We won't do Nor that. Nor will we post the date of his next event so that we can. Um, I might be able to find some pictures I could send you. I, I think we should be able to post some pictures in the show notes. <laughs> you would make a great. Uh, he would make like a, a great Han Solo. There you go. Darth Vader, because I just gotta basically just stand there and yeah, do, do nothing. <laughs> Listen, I'm not exciting like Quillen here. <laughs> <laughs> My hobbies are just, you know, I like to be outside. I like to, you know, fix things and, you know, you know, I'm not too exciting. I just, you know. We all decompress in our decompress, own ways. Yes, I'm telling you. Clean, you know, yard work outside, you know, as much as I can and play sports with my son. That's, you know. That's my hobbies and that's my chill. But I, I, I'm sorry a nerd, to, man. It's okay. Sorry to disappoint the audience and everybody in podcast land. I'm not exciting like you. Well, he's 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 gonna get you roped in, buddy. Yes. Next time, next year, hey, we'll do, do you a see revisit. These lightsabers, man. They're the real deal. They're not like the plastic ones. I I got my Darth Maul outfit in the closet so. right now with my plastic doubles <laughs> like. That I use for Halloween. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We'll have to <laughs> we'll have a we'll costume day. That. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's awesome. What yeah. what sports do your kids play? Um, your right son, now, little Mike D. What's he playing? Little Mike D. He love. He's really into um, uh, basketball right now. So Steph Curry is his man. Nice. Yeah. So nice. He, uh, he's really into basketball right now. That's good. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what. That you got. That's a good guy to follow. You know. As far as ability and and he's tenacious and determined, so yeah. he's got some great qualities as a basketball player. Yeah, uh, I got to go back. You mentioned this Thanksgiving thing. Let, let's talk about your Thanksgiving experience. Your first Thanksgiving is that what you mentioned? Uh, yeah, as an officer. As oh an my officer. Goodness. Huh. Okay, so as an older officer, as you get older, you you take the holidays off. You get them off. You've earned that, right? Yeah. That, that's kind of how it goes. Um, so when you start as an officer, you're on probation. If you've had the academy, um, you're on probation for a year. If you haven't had the academy and the department has to send you, you're on probation for a year and a half, which incorporates the academy time. Okay, gotcha. So I'm still on probation. Um, it's me, and something happened with scheduling. It's only me and one other officer. Normally we have at least three or four officers working. Um, and she's, she had less time than I did. Um, it was wild. It, it was mm. anything that could have went wrong went wrong. Um, Something were, in the turkey that year. Oh well, <laughs> it started. We we got we started getting calls that someone was putting the uh, stupid soda pop bombs with the Mentos. Yeah, the, <laughs> not the, not the Mentos. The the foil and oh, whatever. Yes. And they were so, there was like three or four of them that got put in mailboxes. Really. So the first one goes off, and we're like, that's really weird. Let's go check this out and see, because no one knows. what. They, here's a big explosion, and all of a sudden their mailbox is gone. Yeah. Um, but then there's a fire alarm goes off at Kmart. 
and we get to Kmart and all the sprinklers are going. Oh no. And it's me and an officer that she's younger than I am and had less time, or same amount of time on, you know, we went to the academy together, had no idea what to do. Um, <laughs> the fire department's there and it was Thursday. It's like the first Thursday that Kmart had stayed open. So all the staff's there. Oh no. <laughs> and it's torrential rain. Like if you've never been in a, a sprinkler system, it, it's amazing how much water comes out. The whole store. The whole store. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was, it was awful. Um, and then here I am as a fresh new officer, brand new, don't know what to do. I don't, I've never really been the officer in charge before. I think this was the first time I was OIC wow. and it's just me and one other officer. Um, so I try and call our, our detectives that you're supposed to call and couldn't get a hold of them. It's Thanksgiving. They were doing their Thanksgiving stuff. And, uh, and finally, we got a hold of them. And we got some people to come out, but it was one one for the record books. That, wow. It was crazy. We ended up in the middle of that, got a couple more of those little uh, soda pop bombs going off, and it was wild. Man, so, they can't even let you take Thanksgiving off. No. What caused the fire alarm to go off? Was it, it wasn't anything? I mean, um, did, you, did you ever determine what that was? I think they did, but it was a, it was a wicker chair that okay. got lit on fire. Now I don't I don't know if it was intentional or it was just an employee smoking and put a cigarette out and yeah. the, a wicker chair that was in their storage I think caught on fire and ended up setting everything off. And so, at that point you're like, oh my gosh, uh, I don't know how <laughs> oh I can handle very many right. days. Oh, like it this. was wild. <laughs> it, it was a wild experience. Do you uh, you have like a, an embarrassing moment as an officer, Mike, or one that like a moment that really stands out? That was kind of like your initiation to uh, life as a police officer. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't call it embarrassing. I thought it was funny that um, there was a a lady that that lived on on um, I can't remember the street. Lived at the dead end of of a street that that uh, abutted the Mendel Farms. Okay. And she called. It was like I think just like one of the first nights that I was cut loose on my own. And um, she called because she was complaining that the cows were mooing. <laughs> and um, I'm like, okay, now this is, um, this is probably like 19 years ago. So she was complaining that the cows were mooing. And I'm thinking, well, you built your house right next to <laughs> Mendel Farms that it's been here for yeah. hundreds of years or whatever you didn't I, do your you know, homework <laughs> so it's one or two o'clock in the morning and she's complaining that the cows were mooing and as i'm talking to the to the lady the cows are mooing <laughs> but it got to the point where they were mooing so much that it, it it like it went from like moo to like move <laughs> i mean it's like it's like it sounded like the cow started saying move, you know? So I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> you're like, you're, so trying, got, you're dealing with this, so, this kind of yeah, this goofy call. Yeah. And in order to entertain yourself, I don't you start think to the, hear the cows yes, talk to you. Yes. <laughs> so I don't think that she doesn't, she doesn't live there anymore. But I, so I have to call my sergeant, who is now retired, but thinking, hey, Sarge. What do we do with these cows? What do I do? You know? <laughs> well, so, you know, people call for the most bizarre things. That's pretty bizarre. What are some yes. other calls that you've received where you're just like, why are you calling us? Or, I mean, there's not nothing we can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy the stuff you see. Yeah. And it's like what you see on live PD and cops, sure, you, you see all that. But then 
just some of the absurdity and, and just like what were people thinking? I, I think on the road there's not many shifts that go by that you don't stop and be like, what in the world were they thinking? I remember working midnights. I had a I had just cleared from a, a an OVI crash that a girl crashed into Old Town Hall. Um, and it was wild. And I'm like, okay, we're done for the night. And I go back on the circle. I'm like, we're going to cruise. We're past the point of like the bars are closed. There shouldn't be anything else going on. And I see this car like wobbling the wrong way on the circle. I'm like, oh, that's going to be good. I didn't really want it, but I see it. I can't turn my blinders on. We're going to stop it. Uh, it gets off on South Avenue and we follow it all the way down to CVS. And, um, they pull into CVS. I thought I was going to have a pursuit. I mean, that's a long way to go from the circle yeah. down to CVS. Um, and when it stops, I can see there's lots of heads in the car. It ended up being like seven or eight 14 year olds on a joyride. Oh no. There, there was a 17 or 18 year old in the back seat who had his license that wasn't driving. <laughs> but like there were actually like in the front seat, there were two girls in the passenger seat and one sitting on the floor. Oh, like no. of the passenger seat. Like, it was wild. And it's like one of those clown cars, right? Yes. Where one after another gets out you know, the circus. Yeah, I, I remember radioing the other guys like, I, I'm going to need more units here because I've got so many people. <laughs> and for whatever reason, they didn't run, they didn't take off, which was good and didn't put anybody in danger. But they're 14 and they see cruiser lights, they're scared to death. You know, they're like, those 14 drivers, 14 year old drivers. <laughs> that is, that's, that's funny. That, that would have been a good time to be like an SRO officer to come back into the middle school and see those same kids or, or they'd be in ninth grade, see them up here at the high school wondering what they're doing. Oh yeah. So, well, you know what, uh, you, as an SRO officer, I, I know, um, you just, you just have such an impact. And I'm thankful that you guys were able to share your lives with us. Uh, the reason I wanted you guys on here is because I want people to know who you are and I want them to know that behind the badge and behind the, the podium and the classroom, <clears throat> we're all real people and you know we have so much to share. Uh, so I like to ask a bunch of these type of questions that many of my students want to know. And you know, one of them begins with this, what is your pump up song before you get out of your car and walk into your buildings what do you crank up to kind of get yourself fired up and ready to go what do you listen to mike yeah um well on my way to work it's uh um old school uh i would i don't have i don't have like a song but just uh my playlist is old school uh Old school rap, gangster rap. I think right now I'm gonna date myself, but right now my CD player in my truck is the game. The game. So, should we throw that on at the background music for the podcast? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But um, I'm old school, you know. Uh, Dr. Dre, N.W.A. So that's my go-to on my way to work. You gotta watch that. You gotta watch that. Uh, uh, that would... The Netflix documentary okay. on hip hop. Um, it's really good. Yeah. Very, very good. You'd appreciate it. Oh man, my music's all over the place. Um, the easiest answer is not Nickelback. Any anything but Nickelback, really. <laughs> yeah. um, 
We've heard that Officer Shoals, Mike Shoals, likes Nickelback. Yeah, he's a big Nickelback <laughs> fan. He's a big, huge, he is a crazy, huge Nickelback. Always fan. on, like you hear when he pulls in to the yes. parking lot. You can hear it. Yeah, like oh, oh Mike, my goodness, his you music's know, so awful. There are a lot of guys that we're gonna have to get in here on the podcast there to is. defend themselves. Um, so when I worked midnights, there was a long time that like it's all rock music. I, I've always liked rock music, heavy metal, stuff like that. Um, but the rock stations for Akron, Cleveland were horrible. They'd put on Nickelback, and that's the first way to ruin my night. <laughs> and, and nothing against the guys, just not my, my type of music. Uh, you, yeah, that, your, it, your feelings are universal. I, I get that. Sorry if, in the off chance, Nickelback might be listening. So <laughs> th- there was a long time, like, I switched to, to 95.5. I'd turn on the fish, like, even all night long. Um, and listen to that stuff uh, that they would play. But like recently, like the past couple of years, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say like country music's been real popular. I like it. You should be, I mean, no, I, you shouldn't be embarrassed. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I've enjoyed that just cause it's, I, I think I got to a point where like some of the, some of the rock music, the heavy metal's kind of angry. And, and I work in an environment that is kind of angry sometimes. And I don't like that. But uh, recently I've been stuck on this Tom McDonald guy. Um, he, he's, a rapper and like for me to say hey I'm listening to rap stuff is kind of wild for me as an officer and just or as a person because um, I've never really been into that but I find a connection with him and like it and his his words are they ring to me so well and I think there's I love what you're saying you know I, I find myself in the same situation where I find what I feed my mind is what you know it does affect my mentality but there are just times man when I'm in the weight room I just crank up for me it's it's just grunge or I, I enjoy rap too. I mean, believe it or not, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize. I, I love rap music, uh, but I, you know, I do listen to a lot of uh, rap music that is a little bit has a little bit more of a positive now, like NF and Andy Mineo, <clears throat> Lecrae, a lot of that, uh, and crank it up. But um, Family Force Five. Fa- yeah, I like Family Force Five. All right. Um, but then I do. I'll crank up Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam when I'm in the weight that's room. Good stuff just too. To, to get going, uh, so music. I mean, it does play a key role. It kind of sets your mindset, and uh, and it and it helps you again. It's one of the ways that we just kind of decompress. Here's a couple questions from our live audience. You ready for these? What is your weirdest memory or experience as an SRO officer? All right. So, oh, as an as an SRO, as, <laughs> as, an, an, SRO. SRO. as an SRO. Okay. There, as an officer, there, there's tons of great stories, but. The school environment is probably not the proper place for some of those. Um, is, is an SRO weirdest? Is sure, that, we'll go with weirdest. Is that what? It says weirdest memory or experience. I, don't, I mentioned earlier the pie in the face, right? Like, Mike, at some point you'll be able to get a pie in the face. Our My first year as an SRO, we had... Um, a, a young man that was involved in some stuff. It, he was real young. It wasn't his fault, but I had to be at Dunbar the day of. It was a Christmas party day stuff, for security purpose stuff. Okay. Um, which I'd have been there anyway, but I was there all day. Yeah. Um, there was a mom that I knew because my kids took karate with with her her son uh, that was there as a room mom. And they were doing some stupid game with a, 
Hershey's Kiss in a whipped cream thing. Okay, and you had to eat it without your hands. And I'm, oh yeah, I'll do it. I'm, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm Officer Dave. <laughs> it was real whipped cream, like dairy-based. And uh, we do our, it was like the first year we were allowed to go outside in November with our, our beards. Yeah. So I still had my beard. I'm stuck at the, at the school all day and I get this dairy in my face. And oh, it was awful. Like, I like whipped cream. I don't like whipped cream up my nose and in my beard and it like sours instantly. So all day long, all I could smell <laughs> was like sour milk and rotten dairy in my nose. And it was so gross, but I couldn't do anything because I had to stay at school. And... <laughs> well, I know what you're talking about. I've had a couple pie in the faces too and it just, the smell just lingers forever. I mean, it's it it lasts days. It does. It lasts days. I cheat now. Whenever I tell, whenever they they do that, I'm like, I'll do it, but it's got to be shaving cream. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Good advice. Anything stand out for you? I don't have anything yet. I. Um... It has honestly. It has been such a low key year. It really yeah. has been. I mean, there haven't been a lot of discipline issues. There haven't. Well, at least uh, at least it Knock appears to be that way. It, it's been yeah. low key. Knock on wood. So. Maybe just sitting in a big conference room as my office, <laughs> staring at people walking in using the copier. Hey, yeah, that's that's what hey, it is. I'll walk in. And there's there's Mike. Hey, it's Mike. Yeah. It's, been a, it's been a slow year for trouble. I'm ready for Mike to have. Uh, hey, zip it. Having a vaping year. You need a vaping year. That's what no. you need. These aren't my pants, kids. Are, yeah. Keep on yeah. being good for yeah. Officer Mike. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know how these pants got on me. I'm not sure why they're on me and why there is a dab pin in my pocket, right? That's, right. That's, you need these one aren't of those my pants. Here. These aren't my pants. I'm just going to say that it's because of me. Everybody's being good. They're afraid of you. That's good. <laughs> right. yes. So how about this? Um, we, have a, we have a member of the audience who wants to become a park ranger. Uh, and he's thinking about you know the the academies and things like that what would you say your so mike did you go to the police academy yes a okay. long time ago so what was your experience like with the police academy um i would that was a long time ago um i remember i went during the day so it was um like monday through friday eight to four and um we did like pt um classwork um, and I just uh, just a lot of different instructors came in and um, um, it would they taught us um, I, I think I remember a lot of different officers from different agencies come in and teach the classes and it, it was a great experience um, man it was just <laughs> so long ago so you're feeding off so, of a lot of you're gaining knowledge from knowledge, a different yeah. yeah just a different a, a bunch of different people and um and uh so it's uh, a, lot a lot like of work the classroom where we're always kind of dropping experiences with you and saying hey learn from learn from us and yeah it's it's almost like college like college classes i took it at akron U, uh university of akron actually we have um we have an officer now that was a park ranger right mm -hmm. He worked for ODNR. Mitch? Yeah. And Joe, right? Oh, yeah. We have two. So we have two officers. So, so yeah. If, if come that's see something, us. We'll hook you up with some guys to talk to that can give you some pointers. Yeah. And, so, if, if yeah. That, so if that's something, yeah, we have two officers that were. That's that awesome. So, yeah, be more than happy to have them come in and talk with you. 
So uh, we're going to get a little more personal. We're going to we'll wrap this up. Um, what uh, uh, this this is a tough question, Officer Quillen, but this one is specifically for you. Oh boy. Yes, you should be nervous. Rough estimate. How many pairs of socks do you actually have in your notorious collection? Okay, so I owe I owe pictures. I, I've I've told uh, Mrs. Messina I need to get her pictures of all my socks at some <laughs> point. Um, Yes, well, just so, <laughs> Mrs. Messina, we're going to give you a shout-out. Thank you for providing so thank many you, pairs thank of you, socks. Thank you, And everybody else. It's... Officer Quillen and for me, um, four out of five days a week, I'm wearing nice socks that a friend of mine has provided for me with the sole purpose of beating him in regards to the sock collection. I, I would say, so in my closet, in my bedroom, I have my my... Fun socks have migrated out of my sock drawer because there's so many of them. And I have this hanging <laughs> thing that, that has compartments that, you know, it's made to be like little extra drawers. And I can't keep all the socks in them. And it, it, it's probably four feet long. There, there's well over, I, there's over a hundred pairs of socks. And it's, it, it's migrated into like family gifts now. Like my dad showed up for my birthday. He lives in Florida. He, he knows about the sock game, and he brought me a bunch of The Office socks because he loves The Office. Yeah. Um, so I've got all these Dwight Schrute and Dunder Mifflin stuff. Today it's Statue of Liberty. Very nice. I feel a little patriotic. <laughs> um, so I've got Statue of Liberty on. Actually, they're red. It's the only red socks I have. I don't have, like, Valentine's Day socks. All right. So. Yeah, dummy me. I have Valentine's Day socks, and I didn't wear them. Hey, uh, what, was, what socks you got on, Mike? It's black socks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Nike socks. <laughs> Sorry. You, you trust me. This is I all gonna get change. Sock you're, game? You're, yep, you got to get the sock game now. Right. Just don't post them on Twitter. <laughs> don't post. No, don't post them on Twitter. Creepy. It yes. gets. It gets weird. Uh, yeah, I learned the hard way. <laughs> so, do you guys? So, I, I like to ask these final two questions. Uh, actually, there's three questions that are kind of my go-to. Is there a book that you recommend? If you like to read, is there a book that has really had an impact on you? I'm not a big, huge book reader, um, but I, the um, emotional survival for law enforcement. Okay. So. Wow. Cool. That I, that's an awesome book. Um, anybody that works with people that are in law enforcement, that live with people that are in law enforcement, or that want to become law enforcement, I, I think that is a must must read. Um, Emotional support for law enforcement? Emotional survival, survival. for law enforcement. Uh, it's probably 100 pages or so. It's red and white cover. Um, I think it's like... Kevin... Kevin... The author, Kevin. Well, I'll actually tag it in the, the okay. show notes. It, it's phenomenal. And, and I think it should be required reading for anybody that has anything to do with law enforcement, that deals with law enforcement, um, your criminal justice classes and stuff like that, okay. I, I think... It really gives a good insight into what it's like, yeah, um, and what to expect and what to know. Because okay. it does, you get rewired a little bit. Yeah. We have a lot of kids who are contemplating law enforcement as a as a profession, so that'll be that's good to hear. It's great advice. Um, I've got two books that, that would be go-to books. Uh, one is going to be um, on combat. On combat is an awesome book about the physiology physiology. That occurs in like conditioned black incidents like if you're on a call and things go sideways 
um, if things go really bad, you know, what to expect, what's going to go on with your body. Um, oh, so the whole psych the psychological aspect of it. Yeah, right? psychological and, just, and physiological. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the things that are going to happen, um, the, the tunnel vision, the auditory exclusion. Uh, there's, there's case studies in there and a lot of anecdotal references where officers read um, the author's first book, which is called On Killing. Um, it, Dave Grossman's the uh, author. He's an awesome writer. I've seen him speak. He's an amazing speaker, and you'll see him on the news every now and then if you ever have like a, a real bad incident with a, a mass casualty kind of incident. Yeah. Like he's usually on Fox, um, or he's been on CNN and some of the other stations okay. as well. Awesome guy. When you see him and he talks, like you're like, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah he's amazing. Yeah, um, talks about all the changes that go on in the body, what to expect. But authors or other officers have written in their what's happened to them and their uh, conditioned black yeah. experiences. And so for us, it, it creates some buy-in and tie-in sure. so we can understand where they're coming from. I, I just, well, that, I find that fascinating because I, I once read a book um, that went into that. It, it, it's, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It'll come to me here in a moment. But it just talks about how you don't, you can't replicate that experience. You can't even, you know, when you are in the line of duty and your life is in jeopardy, that's not anything that you can really truly prepare for. You, and it's, so you, you have to read as much as you can and talk about the psychology behind it because it's, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the book that I read was uh, actually War is the Force That Gives Us Meaning uh, and is about a journalist who was under fire uh, while in the trenches with a, a military unit over in the Middle East. And he's like, you, you don't know what it's like until you take fire. Once you take fire, you, you experience a whole different like persona. I mean, it's just that fight or flight is unlike anything you, you've ever experienced. And so hearing about these books, what a great resource for kids you know, who are aspiring or some other listeners who are thinking about it. You said there were two books. What's your other one? I got a couple. Well, that would have been one for sure, yeah. the uh, emotional survival on combat. I'm a huge fan of John Eldridge, Wild at Heart. It's yeah. a great book. I John think, Eldridge. Guys, yeah. um, I think you need to read it. Um, I, I think it explains a lot about about us. Yep. Um, I like that. And then people always ask, like, hey, what's your favorite Star Wars book? If I started reading Star Wars books, where would I start? All right, I will be honest and say since Disney bought Star Wars, I, I and they rewrote the canon, they got rid of all the, the old stuff. Um, I, I haven't read much Dis, uh, Star Wars stuff, but... Start with the Timothy Zahn trilogy if you ever want to start Star Wars books. The Zahn trilogy is where you start. All right. Um, heir to the Empire. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, guys, we are uh, we are almost out of time, and um, and the bell is going to be ringing here in a moment. I got to tell both of you that I really appreciate both of you, and uh, if at any time you have felt unappreciated because of maybe some of the issues that are going on around the nation and some of the uh, some of the the misunderstandings please know that every single person that I talk to in this building and in this community they have nothing but deep respect and love and admiration for you two and our and our police department uh, what you guys do on a daily basis so many people don't understand and um, and I hope that maybe just by hearing your stories, people will get a different, uh, they'll have a deeper appreciation for who you guys are and who these other uh, men and women are that so bravely defend us on a day-to-day -day basis. So, man. Well, thank you. Appreciate thank you. you guys. Audience, what do you say? 
Hey, thanks for tuning in. I know this was a long one, but this one was definitely worth it. Please do us a favor and pass on this interview to as many people as you possibly can so other people can hear how incredible our police officers are in the city of Talmadge. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Mr. Horner the Teacher or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.